I've seen your routine. You are not busy. Hello, I'm Roger Heathers, and welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast, where my co-host Declan Kitchener and I each write one song in the space of seven days. We won't have heard each other's songs until we meet to record the podcast, at which point we will discuss chords, lyrics, influences, and the challenges of writing our weekly songs. This is episode 39. Hello, Declan. Hello. How are you doing? Fine. <laughs> it's weird to uh, do the whole how are you doing when we've been hanging out together for the past... Uh, hour or two yeah i turned up a bit early he gave me breakfast that was nice good breakfast too what do we have uh, we had chocolate weetabix chocolate weetabix chocolate weetabix and coffee in fact i think i'm on the second cup of coffee as well as an energy drink on the drive down so i'm a little bit hyper at the moment <laughs> mm. and it's uh it's stronger coffee than last week we've got a coffee pot now so fresh pot <laughs> so too that's like half the reason i like having an actual pot of coffee. It's just because of that Dave Grohl quote. Oh, it's it's amazing the amount of comedy that you can get from just someone just going, Fresh pot! What video is that from, for anyone who hasn't heard it? Uh, it's from uh, a video on them Crooked Vultures channel uh, called Fresh Pots. Ah. Is that during one of their, the making one of their albums? Uh, during the making of their only album. Oh. They've only had the one so far. It's not all that, is it? Um, it's good. It's got some great riffs on there and I'm liking it more as I hear it more and more. But when I first heard it, I was a little underwhelmed and I thought it was a little bit too long. Right. Bear in mind that anything over 45 minutes, I go, nope. Okay, can't listen to this anymore. <laughs> My brain's already switched off. It's waiting for the next thing. Yeah, I'm kind of the same, especially if it's uh, repetitive. Yeah, well, that's a good thing about uh, this record. Was that it sort of isn't repetitive it's got loads of variety of re- i mean it's josh homie uh, john paul jones and uh dave Grohl, so it's gonna have some magic to it but that's the thing with those three names i feel like i expected a much better record or just something more exciting you know these three guys i think it was mostly josh homie who's doing the songwriting i mean we i like what we've done here we've uh, sort of inverted the podcast a little bit we've drifted into random conversation at the start when normally we uh, just uh, head straight on into the song. So to try and lurch us with the subtlety of a freight train back onto topic. <laughs> Roger, you've written a song this week. Yes, I have. I don't know how we're going to edit that. <laughs> <laughs> we won't. We'll just leave it in. <laughs> just leave it. Um, yeah, I've written a song this week. And uh, yeah, I mean, if this is your first time listening, we get seven days to write a song. I wrote mine on the seventh day. Oh, wow. So, so you were like, God... You rested after doing your work for the six days, and then where you're resting, you're thinking, hmm, might just write a song. On the Sabbath. Well, it wasn't... You a... heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. He is the lord and creator of the entire universe. Hush, hush. We can keep that between you and me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, I, I've been playing around with these um, ideas on guitar in the week. Um, I had... I won't even demonstrate, because it's not even that interesting of an idea, but I had the capo on the eighth fret, because I've been recording this song of mine, which you know, called Billy's Courage, which was a weekly song previously. It's a great song. Uh, we'll probably put a link to the episode it's in down below. We can just edit this line out uh, and continue <laughs> seamlessly on, if uh, not. But it's a great song. I recommend you check it out. So I, I had the cap on for recording the uh, demos for a full version of Billy's Courage, but anyway. And uh, I was playing with some stuff um, up there, and it just... I had a few ideas. You know when you've got a few disparate ideas that aren't really gelling together? And you sort of, you either sort of go full on and try and make 
some sort of humongous monster out of it, or you think, I've got to pick one of these. Yes, exactly. And so I... When I have, a f- like, a few disparate ideas like that and the time's getting on, I tend to feel like I've got to cling to them or else if I don't have those, I don't have a song. So mm. I just, I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to get rid of these and just pick up a new instrument and write a song fresh. So I picked up the ukulele, which uh, you, Declan, gave me um, a little while ago, which is here. Ah. And um, I tried to write the most um, minimal song in terms of like, because I don't really play the uke, but I was like, I'm going to try and find just some interesting chord shapes and write a song. You know, just uh, nothing too fancy, but just a pretty simple song. Sorry, excuse me. And uh, I suppose I will play it. This is it. It's called Sink or Swim. I could sink or swim If you Amazing! I love that song so much. Thank you. 
Yeah, it's uh, like I say, it's a hard one to play, but I don't have it. I love the fact that you were just using so much of your upper register on that one, like, uh, you know, your falsetto uh, range, which works really well with the uh, ukulele backing. I love the chords in there as well. It's just so good. Thank you. I Thank really, you. really, really like this one. I haven't done a high register one for for a while. I know, I've been missing it. Well, I mean, I've been trying to find where I, I can sing the strongest, but with this one, because it's on uke, it's going to be higher anyway, isn't it? It's also like the sort of... Because it's obviously higher, you can't put as much force as you would if you were doing, like, chest voice. also makes it feel a lot more intimate, which sort of fits really well with the subject matter, mm. or at least what I assume is the subject matter. What do you think it is? I'm always interested in what people think it is without knowing. Uh, I, it's hmm, it's. I sort of get a general vibe from the words of like um, uncertainty about to make a big decision or something. Yeah. And like. Uh, I so. Uh, just this sort of sense of, like I've got to step forward now, or, you know, or I won't, kind of thing. That's at least the vibe I get from it. Yeah, I, I wasn't doing like a lyrical analysis. No, no, sure, sure. Through. But um, yeah, that's sort of what I was getting from it. Uh, what's it actually about? Well, it's it's not exactly about one particular thing. Um, so the chords came first with this one, mm. and um, and I got the melody for the first part. So I was like, just play it, play it. I could sink or swim. So I had that bit. And um, I was like, but I only had da, 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 da. And I was like, okay, I need a lyric for that. So I sat down and tried to write. And I opened up this uh, Kurt Vonnegut book called Slaughterhouse Five, which I've got in my book. It's just a random book. We've, we've mm. done this before, and we would take a random line from a book. Ah. And I, I just flicked through, and it was um, something, it, it's, I'm paraphrasing it, but it's I could sink or swim if you, if you throw me in the pool. And I was mm. like, okay, that's a kind of a good jump off point. Uh, no pun intended, for um, <laughs> for uh, for the song, and then um, basically the rest of it talks about sort of like the chorus is a sort of a butterfly effect type of thing. Like one little action uh, can can make of, a lot of change. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, so and kind of what you were saying about about it being taking a step, being tentative to take a step and then taking it is kind of there as well. So it's basically like about using too much energy for for a, a task or a situation when one good action can do the job. That's pretty much what it's about. But other than that, it's just a lot of um, lines that just sound good, you know what I mean? Just s sonically pleasing or whatever. Well, that's there's nothing wrong with that at all, because that's sort of, like I was saying, like it sort of evokes imagery and it evokes the right mood mm. without necessarily having to have a direct meaning, as it were. Right which uh, often makes it more applicable and uh, uh, often leads to sort of lyrics that flow better even if they don't necessarily mean anything in a, in inverted commas literary sense. Right. Yeah, ex exactly. And it, it's more about the feeling than the actual lyrics. But there's, there's some, some stuff in there. But um, the chords-wise, chords I was... I was going to ask you, because uh, yeah. obviously... Um, well, obviously. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know uh, a ukulele you can functionally play the same chords on guitar just starting at the fifth fret I mean it's a little different because the uh, lower string is actually 
uh, a high note as opposed to a low note. So an octave above what it would be if this were a guitar's top four strings. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But other than that, you can play the same sort of chord shapes and it will still come out sounding okay. Etc, etc. Um, so were you writing with that sort of in the back of your head with the chord shapes, or were you trying to find new positions and new ways of fretting things on the ukulele notes? Kind of both, a little of column A and a little of column B. Um, I'm some sense... of column A, I all of column B, <laughs> I'm in the mood to help you do... Sorry. Is that Disney Lion King? No, that's uh, Aladdin. Disney, oh. please don't sue us. <laughs> They're listening, I'm sure. The big wigs at Disney. Um, so in a way, I do... Well, in a way, in a... In a very weird way. <laughs> I, I knew that these were basically the top four strings of a guitar. Um, so I was like, okay, I, I know that my major shapes and stuff will work. But then also, I've been experimenting with different inversions and shapes, like I spoke about last week on the podcast, of, like, what shapes can I use? So I was just... I wanted to explore that more just on the you consider the guitar. Um... And the ukulele was just because I'd been playing on the guitar all week and I was like, I just fancy a change, so I just picked it up and started playing around. So I'm going to talk about the chord shapes um, in terms of not what chords they are, but the shapes that I think of them as, if that makes sense. So essentially, if you're listening at home, just shift everything up five semitones. Not exactly. It's more dumb than that, even. Okay. So I'm thinking of this as G major. Cool. So that's up five semitones to make that C major. So I'm basically thinking of that as the third fret of a guitar. Yeah. Right. So let's call that G major. Um, so the verse is in G, and then you go to G flat, and then it just goes between those two. And then the chorus type of thing goes A minor, D, F sharp 7, B minor, um, a sort of G7 shape to a C, to an A, to a D, which then obviously leads you back to the G for the verse. That's quite nice. And then there's a slight difference to that when it goes into um, the middle eight, or the bridge part, where it's like, I could treat the world like a hollow, and instead of going to the uh, the G flat, quote unquote, obviously, you go to E to the A, which allows you to go and modulate into D. Back into the D. But then, then you're in the key of quote unquote D. And then to get back in, so that's for the first, the thought, then the execution, that bit. So then for the part where you go kick, so then for the part where you go kick and scream, but you aren't changing anyone. Used to watching everybody fall, then you could resolve back to the quote-unquote D, mm. and you kind of do, but it's a D7 which works as the fifth to go back to the G. So then you're back in the G shape. And that's pretty much all the chords are, but I just I was just really taken by accidentally finding things that's like a that. One. You know, um, and I think it works with the voicings because it's uh, the the first string on the ukulele is a, is an octave higher. So you kind of get different voicings even than you would on a guitar playing these different shapes. Yes, yeah. Well, essentially, essentially you're just doubling up the F on that one. Yeah. Because they're the same pitch, the same note. Exactly. And with the the last thing I was going to say with the song is with the pitch of the vocal, I wanted to take it down at least some, right? So I tuned down the ukulele like a tone, and even that was a bit too hard. So I was like, okay, I'll take it to the guitar and capo the guitar if I have to. But then what you lose is the fact that the whole song is based around this 
arpeggio shape when I'm plucking each string once. And you've got the higher string. Which you can sort of do on a guitar, but it's not quite the same thing there. You're having to hit the high string twice. Exactly, so it's harder to play and you don't get the ringing of each of each note in the same way because you're going... You're yeah, like you're having to stop the note, yeah. Exactly. So I was like, I'll keep it on the uke because I like the sound of that that thing and it sounds better with the vocal melody and all that. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I like the fact that you sort of started off trying to, like, capo up a guitar and then you ended up on an instrument which forces you into your higher range anyway. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, like it's... It but that's a really beautiful song. I want you to do something. I say this every fucking week. <laughs> we should do but, something with that. But, yeah, like, I, if you ever need, like, I don't know, some wanker to come and put Ebo guitar on that one, call me first. <laughs> You're in my Rolodex. Ah, fantastic. But thank you. Do you have a Rolodex? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we're recording this on analog tape, and you'll be able to find uh, your new weekly song podcast disc <laughs> in the mail next yeah. week. And then uh, we'll send around a flyer when we're getting ready for the next one. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my song this week. Um, that's really beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's a song. It's a very good song. Ah, shucks. Cool, so this is my song this week. It's called The Finger Is On The Trigger. And um, there is a reason it's called that. I'll let you know what it is afterwards. Uh, it goes like this.
messed, nice up the, I messed up the end of that one, but I don't care enough to go and redo it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like it. It's a really good song. Great chord work. And uh, before the pod, and before the podcast, you were saying, it's a bit of a weird one lyrically, and I, I want you to guess what it's about and just say what you think. I have no idea. <laughs> I have not a clue. Did you want to read the words so I can see if that... I mean, I, mean, you... I was listening to the words. I don't, I... I don't think you're going to get it, because I don't think you'll be too aware of... Tell me this, is. Is, is it a metaphor? No. Because it, it, it's, it reads like a, like a, a story, you know, like a, a ballad type of song. Like a... It's odd that you say that. I mean, I'm making this out to be more interesting than it actually is. Is it about a TV show you like or something? Yes. <laughs> um, I, f- I feel that's close enough, I think. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, go for it. Cool. It's, it's based on... The, uh, the words are based on the opening to Captain Scarlet. <laughs> because, like, uh, uh, just YouTube the opening of Captain Scarlet. Um, I will show him later. But... Um, Basically, what it is, is uh, a man walking down... For those of you who don't know what Captain Scarlet is, it's one of the Jerry Anderson puppet shows. It's a man walking down an alley, like, really dark, sinister music. Uh, there's a noise off to the side. The man turns around. There's lights on. It's Captain Scarlet. Uh, uh, the guy tries to kill Captain Scarlet, and Captain Scarlet uh, obviously is indestructible, so he, you know, so he can't be killed. And then he's just shot dead with a single bullet from Scarlet. So, uh, and then the name comes in, which is where you get the sound of drums, because uh, Captain Scarlet had the very famous dun 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 sort of thing for using for scene transitions, and then the, his name appears on the screen. So that's why you have it at the end. As he went numb, he heard the sound of drums and saw a name in lights. <laughs> it's, so... it's this character is medium aware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so show tuney, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. Oddly enough, it's sort of written to be like um, uh, like a musical number. Like I had an idea this would be like a villain song. Yeah. Which um, what is why it has that sort of... It was written on the piano, so it had that sort of... That sort of, like, uh, you stepped into a bar on the wrong kind of... Wrong side of town kind of thing. <laughs> Which one of the original lyrics when I couldn't think of anything to write to it. We've even got Captain Hook. <laughs> it's gonna be like about this sort of bar that had all the worst villains in the world. All the captains. Oh no, just like all the villains and Captain Hook would have been one of them. <laughs> this is really unusual for you lyrically, isn't it? So what bit, what yeah. inspired us? Were you watching Captain Scarlet and then you No, I just sort of was desperate for words and so I tried to think of something like nice and sinister and uh, a step in the darkness and echo off the walls but the way I was, time I was halfway through the first verse I realised I'm basically just writing from the character's point of view at the beginning of Captain Scarlet that's the theme let's do that <laughs> I like it I like that it's, <laughs> that it's about that and also like it's one of those ones where it's about that and you and I now know that and sort of the listeners but to anyone hearing it for the first time without that context when I was listening to it for the first time, I got a whole image in my head. It's like a good story that it tells. I wish I could say I wrote it. <laughs> and also, it's like, 
I read loads of metaphor into it and stuff. I was trying to figure out like, what does that mean? What's the what's the the man in the alley? What does he represent? That sort of thing. <laughs> it's all very it's all very literal. I should <laughs> right. But yeah, this was one I had the music done by I think Tuesday or Wednesday, so quite early on in the writing process, and it's all based around. Uh, going up a D minor chord and changing that to a D minor, a D diminished chord at the end. So you start off on the D minor, then you move the uh, bass up to F, change that to F, uh, D diminished, and go up to A flat in the bass, mm. and then to an A seven because why? Why not? Because why wouldn't you? Uh, I like how you. Um... I don't know quite where it is because I've only heard it once, but there's a way you get to the A7 at the think at the end of the verses, which I thought was really cool. It's like it's very misleading. You don't think you're going to get to the A7. Um... Oh, what after the? Yeah, that's it. That's ju that struck me as very clever because it's like it's one of those ones where you could just go do 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 A7 and then back to D minor, but it's literally just like going from an E. Because what that bit is, is... Oh, I love my chromatic movement, I do. Um, uh, B7, B diminished, C minor, G over D, E flat, and then just to a A7. But what I like about that is you've got so many... You've got so many notes and chords in there which are non-diatonic, meaning that they're not in the D minor scale, that it's like... it. It transforms the song. Hmm. I mean, it was a pain in the ass to try and work out how to do that on the guitar. Because uh, D, uh, D diminished with A flat in the bass isn't a chord that comes very naturally. So you may have heard a couple of flubs, sir, when I was trying to do the... Like, that, that chord has been the biggest pain in my ass for a while. Well worth it, though, because it sounds so nice. <laughs> and now I've got it in my chord repertoire to use again. That is a nice thing about doing the weekly thing is because you challenge yourself to get new chord shapes you now have that as part of your vocabulary for as long as you can remember it Yeah, well it's also nice in the, sort of the sense that we write on multiple instruments and sometimes we throw chord sequences between instruments to sort of see, mm. how, they, see how they stand up mm. It's good to sort of <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me It's good to sort of expand being able to do the same thing over multiple instruments if you know what I mean well, or execute the same ideas. Well, if you have a, a riff that you love on the guitar and you take it to the piano, then you might realise that a shape you already mm -hmm. knew on the piano works with this new guitar riff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, it expands your repertoire on both instruments. And it also sort of joins it up a little bit and helps you think a bit more about music as music as opposed to music as an instrument. Right, yeah. If that makes sense. It does, like the how the the scale works, or how the chords fit together, as opposed to just, oh, this is a guitar riff. Yeah. Which uh, uh, is one way of looking at things. I can't think of anything else to say about this song other than that the bridge was written in like two seconds flat, which is why it's basically just the chords to um, uh, I Know I'm Not the Only One. <laughs> Bridges are so often like that, though, because sometimes you just need something that works melodically. I had the same with my one, where it's just like a normal old chord progression. Mm. Um, so, one question: How did how did you start with the chords? Like, what was the first thing you came up with? Uh, well, it's literally just sat, run up, 
it's like just that run up D minor, and then it all sort of expanded out from that. Because um, I heard your song last week, and I thought, right, my core game is not as together as it should be. Let's give this a go. And I just spent ages trying to find variations on that. So the only one that actually made it in was uh, like the third bit of a verse. It goes to B flat instead. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love that. It's got such a. I said it before, and I'll say it again. Like a show tune feel. Like I think it's using those diminished chords in amongst regular minor and major chords that really gives it a nice feel. It's also I was the sort of feel of it is also a bit inspired. I was listening a lot to uh, Felix Hagen on the way into work today. Yeah. Which his songs sound a little like that. Uh, yeah. Like that sort of a mix of show tune and rock. Yeah. Which is basically perfect for me. It's your M.O. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, if I can get the two of those together, that's perfect. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's about all there is to really say about that one. I really like it. It's great. Cool. I will have to show you the intro to Captain Scarlet so you can see, like, literally how much of it is just transcribing what happens. This will be the first time I've, I get to see a visual version of your song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the music video would just be that, stretched out to, like, three and a half minutes or something. <laughs> like... Like badly edited video to match the events of like, the song. The frame rate won't be adjusted or anything. It'll literally just be. T- 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's really cool. I like it. We're two songs in. I actually feel like we've. Um, there's no not much need to worry as much anymore. Well, that's all from the weekly song podcast this week. Cheers very much for listening. If you like what you've heard, uh, leave us a comment on SoundCloud. Leave us a review on iTunes. And if you wanted to get in touch with us, uh, why not email us at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. We'll even take junk mail at this point. I think I've made that joke before. That's how desperate I'm getting. I'm reusing jokes. <laughs> Absolutely. Send us your comments. Send us your songs. We'll, we'll talk about your songs on the show. Yeah. Cool Our problems will be nicer to them than we, will, than we actually are to each other, despite the fact that one wears a gush fest and the other wears sympathy. Hey, that's not true. I gushed. I gushed. I'm gushing right now. Don't say... Ew. ew. <laughs> it's getting everywhere. Rub your ankles in gush water. <laughs> Mount Gushmore. <laughs> I think we just found our episode title. <laughs> oh, jeez. Right. I, I love how they're so organic. Episode titles are so organic. Especially this one. Oh, goodness. It's a little too organic for my taste. Um, right. Cool. So that's that. See you next week. Ta-ra. Roger Heather's on SoundCloud. Declan Kitchen are in the description bar. Ta-ra. I failed. <laughs>